Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This podcast is brought to you by Mental Health. Mental Health are an award-winning mental health organization, the best Middlesbrough, and they work across the Tees Valley and beyond. Did you know Middlesbrough has the highest suicide rate in England, with 75% of those being men? Together, we can help change that. Mental Health run a number of amazing men-only groups across Teesside called The Speakeasy, which allows you guys to have a cuppa, relax and talk. For more information, please find all their socials at Mental Health. It's M-E-N-T-E-L-L-H-E-A-L-T-H. Um, and it's www.mentalhealth.com. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to have Dana back on the podcast with me. Um, if you didn't know, Dana runs the Everything MFC account, who we're partnered with. Um, Dana, welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast. Thanks for having me back. Um, so let's start really um, about, and let's talk about Millsbury's actual start to the season. Um, second place, best defence in the, the championship. Um, how do you think the, the starts went for the Borough at the moment? Can't really have too many complaints, can we? Because I mean... We're second, um, and I didn't expect it to be honest coming into the season purely because of our summer business. So Triore, so Bamford, so Fabio. We are, we still didn't really bring in players for positions that we needed to strengthen, which is why Tony Pierce went to a three-five-two. But it's a system that's paying dividends at the moment because obviously, like we mentioned, we're second, best defence in the league. It's going well. Um, my only issue is, is that will this last? I'm not quite sure that it will, but I'm just going to kind of take each game as it comes and not get too pessimistic because there's there's no reason to be pessimistic at the moment. It's just that that's how I'm like as a Borough fan. But yeah, fingers crossed we can, um, you know, maintain this good form because we've been good so far. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And there's a few like points like I kind of want to like bring up with you as well. Um, like the first one was like the more of the, like the maintaining it, like uh, maintaining like our, our current position and can we get up with the squad that we have? Um, I think that we actually probably can. 
Um, I think the only team that reminds me of like with a similar position to us was actually Bournemouth. They um, uh, like we hate Bournemouth, and every time we got a, every time we got a bomb, we sometimes give away a penalty or we always concede three. Um, but they have they had a very small squad when they went up, and everyone thought they were just gonna fall away a lot like Cardiff last year. Um, but they're able to maintain it, so it kind of gives me like a little bit of confidence. Um, that we're actually going to stay there, and then two, there was like the signings as well, like losing those players of like Traore, Bamford. Um, well, probably not Bamford that much because I I don't really rate him that much. But um, <laughs> controversial. I know. Well, we last time I posted something about Bamford, I got slated for it. But <laughs> hey, he's injured for four months now and hasn't played for Leeds yet. Well, we'll I start know, the yeah. league game, so. I'll keep my I'll keep my mouth shut because he'll probably come he'll probably come back and then score against us. So I'll be very very quiet. But losing the likes of like them and like Fabio and stuff like that, who I actually rated a lot. Um, I was like thinking like oh sh- like shit, who can we actually get in? Because when I was seeing like everyone was going to either like Villa or they were going like they were going somewhere else, and I just thought that. Like, I was yeah. I, I, I remember like we we tweeted like something. Uh, we tweeted about the uh, like the potential silence on like deadline day, and we got like no one. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean, it, it it was obviously frustrating for us that, uh, on deadline day. I mean, it wasn't as if we didn't try to bring in players. It's just luck wasn't really falling our way. We obviously went after Yannick Balassi. <laughs> he obviously went to Villa, of course. And I don't know, it was just like link after link after link that just was completely wiped off because we um, we obviously didn't land them. But I, the good thing about the, situa- the situation that we find ourselves in is that we've got Tony Pulis in charge. Yeah. If this was last season under Gary Monk and Gary Monk had this squad, I would write off promotion completely. Yeah. But the fact that we've got Tony Pulis, he's an experienced manager and he knows what he's doing, I have more faith than if it was any other, any other manager oh yeah like 100% like I, I absolutely love Pulis I remember like when Gary Munn got sacked and I was in my old job and I'd say that um, like oh, some lads used to be like oh Newcastle fans and they were like all saying oh who are you going to get in and stuff and I was like oh I think we should get like Tony Pulis in and they got mugged right off there everyone was like laughing <laughs> like, but I was like to be fair like Pulis what he's done with everyone he's been to he's like he's done actually quite well like like the Stoke, it was like Stoke was my example of like he got Stoke City, who were like pretty much who couldn't get in the Premier League. Oh, he got them there, he established them and made them into a half decent side. And then like he's been like Palace and stuff like that, and Palace and he got West Brom to like the highest position as well. Like, I was like, how can you not like rip Tony Pulis? And then you get the comments of oh well, Pulis just plays long ball football, it's boring. And I was like. From what we've seen, like since he took over in like December last year, like appreciate I haven't beaten him. I I've only watched the games on like satellite, like via satellite. But yeah. I'm not bored at all by watching Tony Pulis football. I actually really enjoy it. Is do you feel the same, or is it just is it just me? Um, I mean, it's not the epitome of exciting football. It's not like you know Barcelona or anything, oh, yeah. but. It's getting those results. And I think the, the thing about Tony Pulis is not only is he getting the best out of the team, but he's getting the best out of individuals as well. And we've seen it with Triore as well. Mm-hmm. Triore last season was just incredible. From the moment that Tony Pulis walked in, 
he was just a completely different player. And that was down to Tony Pulis. He's mm. getting the best out of um, Downing, uh, Ayala, Clayton, a lot of players that, like, I mean, Clayton under, uh, under Gary Monk wasn't even getting a game. You know, <laughs> Tony Pulis has come in, he knows what he's doing, and he's getting the best out of players. So I wouldn't say it's, I'm enjoying it, so to speak. I mean, I'm not not enjoying it, but it's not entertaining. It's mm. not the, the definition yeah. of entertaining, but it's it's not been as bad as everyone says it is yeah. like it's not boring it's not it's not always long ball we've we've seen you know different it, it depends on like the, the players that we've got and I think Tony Pulis gets a lot of stick for being a negative manager mm. but if you want to win games you need to be set up well at the back and that's exactly what we are and look where we are we're second so we can't really complain too much yeah it's, it's very very true I think do you not think that, that like that whole style that Pulis has been tagged with, like the long ball football? Isn't that like hinders players to like come to the club? I mean, maybe, maybe you could look at it two ways. You can look at it where very technically gifted players will kind of be put off by Pulis. Maybe I mean Braithwaite, for example. As soon as Tony Pulis uh, came in, Braithwaite wanted out, but. I mean, if you want a manager that you can trust and that has a lot of experience, then Tony Pulis is, is that manager. Mm. But, yeah, I don't know, potentially. I mean, we haven't had the greatest transfer windows, so you could probably put it down to that maybe. But, yeah. I don't know, it's a difficult one. It, it, it's, like, so difficult because we don't, we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors. Like, we, can, we do get inklings and stuff like that and we can speak to, like, people... Like not like in and around the club who like who know like what's happening. That's where we got like some of our like some of transfer info from. But like it's I don't know. It, it it's like so difficult to um like to, like to know like what's going on like behind the scenes. Um, I I know like people are saying like about the Balassi deal like not going through and they'll get like really pissed off about it. But face it, like Balassi didn't want to be here in the first place. So like. I'd rather have someone who would give everything rather than, rather than someone who's a little bit better, but he's not really that asked, so you can't really like rely on him too much. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But you know, I think if if we come come January and we're still up there, like we're still in the top two, um, or like the playoffs, or we're still fine up there, I think we'll bring I think we'll bring players in. I think we'll gamble because um, then if it's if we don't get up this year we'll get up next the following year and if, if Pulis decides to stay or not um, but what I do like about what Pulis is doing is that he's bringing the young players through as well um, and I know we've seen like, the cup games where like the young, younger lads have actually came in and I've spoke about Jed Spence being like a very very talented young wing back and I think he'll come through soon Bilal Brahimi who mm. you, I know you, you posted about the other day um, he's going to probably come through Steve Walker and obviously there's I can mention Lord like oh, um, uh, what is it? it's Water Garden, isn't it? I can't. I can't. Oh, Wood we'll, we'll, we'll oh, Garden. We'll Wood Yeah, oh, Nathan Wood we'll Garden. Sorry, why did I say Walker? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like we're bringing those players through, and they're going to get better. And I think Pulis deserves a lot of credit for that as well, because if we can save ten million quid on a player like Chapman rather than rather than bringing in, uh, like someone who's going to cost like ten fifty million, then that's absolutely mm. godsend. Um, because Adama Traore wasn't like an 18 to 20 million pound player until, no, until Pulis came in like and he was like the youth like youth, the youth players but obviously Traore is a 
is a unique talent. Like, and when I when he scored for Wolves the other day, like I felt kind of sad because I was like, I oh, wish, yeah. I wish he was still here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it, I was like, I remember like posting that tweet of like Patrick, and he was just like, I was like, oh man, like it's like it, do you know when like it's like he's like a son to me a little bit. Where I feel like every Bort fan was like, yeah, it's like a little son or like. That little brother where you think, oh, like, he's doing so well without us. Please don't forget us, Adama. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good to see that. And, I mean, so much for uh, no end product. I know. Rumour has it, TP texted him um, after he scored as well, so... Oh, nice. So, there you go. But, spoiler alert. Um, but, <laughs> but I know... ITK. I know, yeah. <laughs> In the north. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's using my con- using my connections, um, but um, let's talk about Martin Braithwaite because I know you mentioned him about Pulis when he Pulis came and he kind of wanted out a little bit, and then Pulis like kind of threw him under the bus in that press conference saying he wants to leave. He did just a little bit. And just, I know, yeah, just like feel like he reversed on his head a few times, um, but. <laughs> He's he stayed like he tweeted yesterday that he he wants to give everything, um and try and help us get up, probably until January when he'll probably leave. But um, exactly. <laughs> can do you think you can trust like Martin Braithwaite now, and do you think he should be coming back into the squad? I can't trust him, but it is a boost for us that he wants to stay because he's a good player and he's had a good start to the season. But he's got to do a lot more than get his notes up out and write a paragraph or two and say that he's fully focused. I mean, we, we need to see actions and not words. And that's the issue with, with Martin Braithwaite for me. I, I had this discussion with my driving instructor the other day. <laughs> uh, it was very heated. Um, <laughs> I don't know, he's just, he's one of those players I can't trust 100% because they, they just talk too much. I'd rather see it on the pitch. And, and to be fair, he has been... Um, delivering on the pitch it's just I want that to continue and I don't know whether I can trust him come January yeah. to even want to still be here so I don't know you can kind of flip it as well like um, I paused some before but Martin Braithwaite does not have a choice now like he has to pretty much if he wants to move like he has to play well like he has yeah. to um, I mean, like he could do Ramirez and sit on the sideline and wait until his contract runs out, uh, but that's not going to help him because he wants to keep in the Denmark squad, um, mm. and he wants to like keep get his career better. I think he, he'll probably see in the likes of Traore and thought, "Ah, oh, well, well, if Traore can move and like make an impact and move, then probably so can I." Um, so I think we can like trust him for like the next couple of months, and then if he wants to go um, in January, then. I think I'm fine with it. If we can get 10, 15, 20 million for him, then I'm not bothered. Do you uh, think he's worth that, though? He's probably worth 10. Uh, I think he's, he's definitely mm. worth what we paid for him. He's a, he's a good player. Um, yeah. 20 million, nah. If we, yeah, if I think we... that's a bit excessive. But, I mean, you never know in this market, to be honest. There probably will be some team out there that will probably be willing to pay that much for, for Martin Braithwaite. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past anybody. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true, but... Um, I think if we sell Martin Braithwaite more for, more than we did for Adama Traore, well, to be pre, to be fair, Adama Traore was like more of a release clause. But um, if we sell try uh, for Braithwaite more than that, then Jesus Christ, we've had someone's eyes out with that. I know, yeah. Um, but to be fair, you never know. 
Um, like if he scores like 10, 10 goals before um, he leaves us in January, then I don't really care if he helps us get us up there. Yeah, no, I'll I'll get behind him. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but I'll get behind him as long as he puts in 100%. Um, but it's, it's just always that kind of niggling doubt at the back of your mind that if we are struggling come January, he's, yeah. he's done it before. I mean, last January we were struggling, he wanted out and he got out. Will he do it again? I don't know. I mean, to be fair with Braithwaite, is he a player that should be playing championship football? Probably not. So the fact that he, he wants to leave, like I can understand. This is what I was saying when my driving instructor. That was what he was saying to me, and I, I get that point. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll get behind him, but I honestly wouldn't put it past him to get his head turned in January as well. Yeah. Well, like the thing is though, like I know you mentioned there, like oh, like he probably should be playing this in this division. But like, why did he come to you in the first place? Do you know what I mean? Like I know it's yeah. I know it's probably more it could be like a pay packet or it could have been monks like well, style if if he has one, but it, <laughs> it was like I was like, Well why did you come in the first place? Like if you were going to leave in January, there was no point like in you coming. Like at all. Um so there must there is something there. Like Yeah. If he's if he if he the reason he's here but like I said, like doesn't have a choice now. He's got to play well, and if he does play well and great, we'll be up there coming the end of the season. And if not, then so be it. But if he even stays to the end of the season, and if we go up, he'll probably stay again. But like if we don't go up this year, then we'll probably see the end of Martin Braithwaite. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. Do, do you think he gets back in the team though? Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, because I, I kind of think we need him. The system that we play. I know we've got. John Hugel but I think the the Britain Braithwaite partnership is one that that has worked and I like the look of it because obviously you know Brit is, is that kind of player that can hold up the ball Braithwaite mm-hmm. kind of just comes in and um, you know technically gifted player just causes defence problems you know I think they've, they bounce off each other quite well so I do think he will get back into the team yeah yeah, I agree. And by the way, shout out, shout out to Britta Sombalonga, by the way. Like, I know he, last year he was our top scorer. Fair enough. Like, you expected it from him. Um, I remember tweeting about him and Bamford. Like, who would you prefer, even though they're completely different strikers? Um, and I was like, I'd much prefer Britta Sombalonga. And then there was that that aspect of, oh, does Pulis actually rate him? Um, and we were thinking about, oh, well, maybe Mills, we were going to get a new, like, well, another striker apart from, like, John Hugo coming in. We actually needed anyway, but um, there was talk about Brit potentially going. I think he, I think Brit deserves a lot of credit for his start of the season. I think he's been terrific so far. Yeah, I feel sorry for him because he, he cuts a frustrated figure a lot of the time. I mean, the Leeds game, he was he was getting annoyed. But the thing with with uh, Brit Sombalonga, there was one moment in the Leeds game where he pulled Liam Cooper, I think it was, out of position, and it just opened up space for Johnny House. And it was when Johnny House kind yeah. of had that run. And their defence was completely split open because Asombalonga made made a run and Liam Cooper tracked him and it just dragged him out of position. And that's the little things that British Asombalonga does that nobody really picks up on. Mm. So, I mean, I feel sorry for him because he gets thick and he gets frustrated, but he's a good player and, and we know he's a good player. It's just, I do think he's finding it quite frustrating at times to play in this system because it is a difficult one. But he has had a good start, and yeah, I think he gets unfair criticism quite a bit. Yeah, well, 
Like uh, you know, you mentioned the name there. Like who's done really well this season? That's Johnny Housen as well. Um, I remember last year when like fans slated Housen like all season, and and like for myself, like I I remember like posting about it. I just, I just didn't get the, like the hit. I don't know why people hated Johnny Housen. He's this. He's doing the same things this season than he was last season, and it's just it's just more noticeable this year because there's more of a balance in midfield. Um. Like if you look at the stats, I'm assuming they'd be. I think they'd be quite similar. He might be doing a couple more forward runs, but he's playing like pretty much the same that he was. Um, he got a lot of slack, uh, from like well, he got a lot of like stick from a lot of fans, and I thought it was like unjustable. But do you think we should potentially look for another midfielder in the window? Uh, I know we brought in Savile. Um, we've got well, we've got Savile, we've got Bezic, we've got. Um, Clayton, uh, Housen, and I'm missing one. I'm missing Ledbetter. Um, well, Ledbetter's probably going to go anywhere. But do you think yeah. we should? Do you think we should go in for like another centre midfielder or number ten potentially um, in in the window? It depends if Tony Pulis wants to stick with that three five two. Because I mean, he mentioned after I think it was the West Brom game that. You need extra legs in midfield throughout the season. You know you, your yeah. engine room's gonna, you know, their energy's gonna start to to drop a little bit. You know, there's gonna be when when the fi- fixtures pick up around Christmas, you're gonna have injuries and fatigue, and you're gonna need the players that kind of are bench players are kind of bubbling under a little bit. They're not starting, but they're they're coming off the bench. The likes of McNair, who's another one. Oh, um, Ledbetter, they're going to have to step up. So, I mean, it's not a priority position. I think the wings are more a priority position, but I don't know. Potentially, if we get rid of Ledbetter, which I kind of feel like we will, yeah. then we'll definitely need an, uh, another midfielder. But, yeah, it's it's not a priority position for me. And number 10, uh, I mean, Braithwaite can play there, Downing can play there, but it all depends on what what system Tony Poulos uh, wants to kind of go into the latter half of the season with. Yeah, and and I know you mentioned like wingers as well. Um, Bakary Sacco linked. Um, free agent rejected a rejected a contract from Crystal Palace. Um, would you bring Bakary Sacco in potentially to play on the wing? If we can fend off interest from Aston Villa, then yeah. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be a bit difficult at the moment. But no, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised that link's come up because all throughout the summer people have been saying Baku Sako, Baku Sako, because obviously he's a free agent, and I'm surprised it's it's taken us until now to have this link suddenly appear. But yeah. I would bring him in, yeah. He's pace, he's a winger, position that we need. He's played under Tony Pulis before. It's very true. I'd, I'd like to see him in. Yeah, I think I would as well. Um, he offers us, he offers the team something different. Um, it's more of an attacking threat. I think we just lack a little bit of pace um, on the wing backs at the minute, um, and you know, you, uh, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be a good sign. Or potentially, you could put him in as a number ten position, um, and, and maybe take a, a centre defensive midfielder out um, and try and work it that way, more of like an attacking three, like a three four one two, um, rather than like the 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 flat three five two, um, but. I seen about Aston Villa the other day. I know, like the it only feels like it only feels like a couple of days ago. Like the they were scraping for money, and now they've got like a multi billionaire in, um, and John Terry's actually 
very very close to signing for them um re-signing for them 60 grand a week um in the championship that's the reported um so like uh so it's like well can we actually tempt Sacco in appreciate like they have like five wingers like already so like hopefully we can potentially bring him in um but who knows like if we can't bring him in then there's like the likes of like Chapman and, and Tav that have like a, such a good opportunity to like break into the team and stay there yeah I, I really really want to see Harry Chapman it's such a shame he, he seem he honestly seems to be made out of cheese string because the amount of injuries he's had in the past few seasons has been it's been quite unfortunate and obviously got his chance he got his first start debut actually against um was it Notts County and yeah. then he he popped his shoulder out which I mean he just seems to have the worst luck in the world but if he can stay fit I would really like to see him he's great play a part this season because he's he's a good talent he's absolutely fantastic it's just a shame that injuries have kind of set him back a little bit in, in the last few seasons but I would definitely like to see Harry Chapman oh, yeah. play a part 100% him and Tav are just like the best wingers we can probably have at the club at the minute um, like they're, so, they're a lot technically better than the ones that we have I know like Bilal Brahimi like he's going to probably come through um, he's uh, got one year left before he can sign a pro contract but he, he'll potentially come through like we do have that talent that's coming through now um, and like if we don't make the signs it just like having the youth there like will help them in the future and help us in the future as well so I'm not too worried about like signings and stuff now, um, but yeah. I would like I would like us to bring him back recycle like full stop really. If we don't, then we're still short because Dowling doesn't have the legs anymore. I feel like he's he's Dowling's great. Don't get me wrong, like he's mm. he, he's still he's he's like a lot better than what he was last season. Um, this potentially could be his like his last year though. I have like a funny feeling. I don't know why. Um, but if, if we get promoted, I think Downing's going to retire. Okay, now it's on record. If this happens, I'm pulling it off, and then I'm just going to be like, totally so. <laughs> <laughs> get that tweet up on the pin. <laughs> oh, I'll be pinned for like a year if I got that. <laughs> what do you think about Albert Dorman then? Because obviously he was rumoured to be coming back. He was rumoured to be on his way to Rockcliffe, and then all of a sudden it, it fell through. But do you want would you like to see Albert Adama back in January um I was going to ask you the same question actually um so <laughs> rumour has it on the room I'm taking your job I'm yeah. the horse now <laughs> <laughs> I mean we spoke about you coming on the podcast probably more regularly so yeah you, you can probably take the job as well so <laughs> um but we actually um rumour has it in the know he wanted to join um, we were happy for him to join. The only stumbling block was that he wanted a permanent transfer come January, and then we didn't want to do that. We just said we want you for one year, and then you can go yeah. back. Um, and I'm probably on Boris' side for it, really. Um, I think I think Adolm is good. Like he is, he was great with the assists last season. He's a great championship footballer. Um, but if we were to bring him in permanently and we go up, we have to offload him again. And I think that's what Bora, true, yeah. I think that's what Bora were thinking. Um, it's a shame, though. I, like, I would have I would have took him, a hundred percent. I would have took him, but um, I, do you feel the same as me, or would you would you have gambled? No, I mean, the thing with with Albert is, you know what you're getting with him. He's a 
for a championship winger, he's he's fairly consistent. He's probably one of the most consistent you can get. I mean, because uh, championship wingers are, are can be very erratic in their performances, but you know we know what we get or what you can get with Albert Dorma, and he did leave on a sour note, but that was under Itaka Ranka. He's obviously expressed that he's interested um, in coming back but I do like I agree with you I, I do see Boris's point of view because you probably wouldn't have Albert Adorma starting in the Premier League because with all the money that you'd get you would go for a you know a, a much better maybe European winger so yeah I get Boris's stance on that yeah um just like it's like quite a few players really like I was thinking who we were linked with and I was like like do we really need him like the whole James Morrison link like, throughout the summer before he went he re-signed for West Brom was like I probably wouldn't have him because we'd just get rid of him within a year like appreciate yeah. appreciate like you can bring players in for the year and do the job and then like the goal I think that's why we brought David Nugent in like which was the reason why I currently brought him in um mm. but it's just like some of the players I just don't think we should like waste money on I think that's what um, Bellington's actually doing he's basically said like we're not going to get mugged off and um, we're going to bring in players that'll help us not just now but in the future as well so yeah. I'm, I'm with I'm with Bora on that one um, but let's look ahead to Norwich um, we've got Norwich on Saturday we, we do have Norwich on Saturday why am I I feel yeah. like I've got like, a massive head fart at the minute but um, <laughs> not same. International break. International break. Not with it. Like long day at work. Just like <laughs> um. I, the worst thing is like I have like my notepad right in front of me. Just like Norwich away. Like I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> um. But Norwich away. Um. Last year we struggled massively against Norwich. The um, the we I know we were very unlucky at home when and James Madison, James Madison smacked on top bins and then we couldn't pretty much get anything at their place either we were poor at their place so looking ahead to that um, would you still stick with this formation that Pulis is doing um, and how would you well yeah if yes or no and would you change it like in terms of personnel um, I probably would stick but whether Tony Pulis will is a completely different question because I think I think it's we've seen Tony Pulis this season he's adapted his teams depending on the opposition I haven't done that much research on Norwich so I don't know what formation they play but I'd, I'd probably stick because it's it's a it's a system that's brought us success so far so the old saying goes if it's not broke don't fix it yeah, that's true. Um, I, f- I feel like there will be changes, though. Like, um, I think that Bath, or... Um, is it is it Bath? Did you pronounce it as Bath? Or, or, yeah, I or think Bath. it's Bath. I completely forgot that we signed him, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely forgot. Like, I think he has a chance to play because Dill Fry's been on international duty, so he might give him a rest. Um, you've got George Savile who probably be on the bench um, so I can't really see him coming in um, but as for Norwich they actually play a 4-2-3-1 and they've done that like all season they haven't changed it um, at all they've changed from a 4-3-3 in during one game but apart from that 4-2-3-1 
former Borough player Jordan Rhodes actually leads the line. So interesting. I know. I'm like kind of dreading it a little bit. Um, yeah. And they normally have um, they've got like Marshall and they've got Hernandez. Um, it's it's Onel Hernandez. He's a German signed this year. Um, He's one to watch. Yeah. I've looked into him a little bit. He's got two goals, three assists in six games, so he's definitely one to watch. I know. So, like, there's players that, like, but they haven't really clicked, to be fair. Um, from what I've yeah. seen, like, obviously very brief, but they just haven't, like, clicked yet. And I feel like under, like, fuck, they, haven't, they just haven't got going. Like, they expected so... I remember when the players was last year, and they were so good, they were so well organised. I was like, Jesus Christ, like, this is like this is like a Karanka team. This, yeah. Um, these could probably go up, and then they just fell away straight away. Um, but who knows? I think if we, I think we have to go there. Um, on Saturday and just not like it's cliche to say I'll oh, make a statement, but we kind of have to. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, no, if we go there and get like a two or three 0 victory, people are like gonna look at us and go, oh shit, like. Yeah, you know what? Middlesbrough probably might not fall away this season. Um, but I think the likes of Rhodes is going to have a tough game come Saturday. Like, he's got three centre halves who are all like six foot three. Massive, yeah. Next to them. And we've seen that in the likes of like the West Brom game where um, I spoke about James Rodriguez and Dwight Gale. Like, they're going to struggle um, unless they try and like do the one two and they'll get away. And we did see it with like the Dwight Gale. Um, like counter attack and he fluffed his lines but um, it's like he's going to probably have a tough game they're playing with four forwards technically with like that 4-2-3-1 but we technically have like five of the back so we're going to have that one man spare all the time Um, so I can see us picking something up and the point going to be is I think we're going to overrun the midfield um, and stretch them a little bit so Fingers crossed that actually happens because I think we'll pick up the three points. Um, but what would your lineup be um, come Saturday? It will probably be the exact same as, as the Leeds one because we've brought in players, they've had the benefit of an international break. But I don't really see any any need to change it. Uh, I mean, Braithwaite could potentially come in. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I would, I would keep it the same as, as the Leeds game, but you spoke about Norwich there. Where we can take advantage of them is set players. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Flint, Fry, uh, Ayala, big players over six foot. And Norwich aren't great at, at set pieces, so that you know, that's an area of their an area of weakness that we can exploit. Oh, yeah. And they're they're relatively inconsistent as well, so I think we've we've got Norwich in a a good situation for us because of their inconsistency and their weaknesses, and they've obviously sold the likes of Madison, Josh Murphy, um, the other one, what's he called, Jacob Murphy. Yeah. Um, so they've they've got rid of some of their best players, and this is a time now where we can take advantage of Norwich, despite the fact that we don't we we have a little bit of a shaky record. Um, at their place I think we've only won once in the last four games but if we stick with the same team go with the same approach I think we could get something from it yeah I always get like flashbacks every time we play Norwich to Wembley um, 
Oof, don't even. Don't even remind me. I know, it makes me feel like sick. I remember like go, I remember going to Wembley with my dad and we sat there and I was speaking with my dad, I was like, early goal here, dad, I think we're gonna do it. And then uh they went to Scotland within like five minutes or something, so that oh, was brutal. Oh, but that's... I I always remember the there's only one thing I remember from that game and that's Yellow Austin's volley. If that goes in it's a, before they're scored, oh my god. Like uh, that that oh, yeah, i <laughs> I've got really bad flashbacks now. No, I was right behind the goal as well when Cameron Jerome and Nathan Redmond scored, so I'm constantly I'm scarred. Makes me, <laughs> for make, that. makes me feel really sad, but, but like sad, but like anger to like get revenge on them. <laughs> like it's so yeah. frustrating. Um, but you're right though. I think you're absolutely spot on with the set pieces. Um, because the th- the funny thing is, like, n- you can slate Tony Pulis off as much as you want, but everyone struggles against set players. Um, and we we just suppose we're supposedly very good at them at the minute. So it's just like. You gotta give Pulis credit, really. Like he's came in, he's made us into a set piece kings, and I just absolutely love it. I actually enjoy it when we get a throw in, though. That's like how bad it is. Yeah, but only when Ryan shot and takes them. Because if you've seen George Friend, bless him, he tries, but <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> not, they're not the best. I don't know George. Like I, pre- I love George Friend. Like he did, he's done so much for the club, but I just think he's like finished. Like I, I don't want to sound harsh, but like he's just, his legs have gone like. This, this is my opinion, by the way. Like, it, I think his legs have gone. Like, he can't throw a ball. Like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's like trying to try out for the goalkeeper or something. Like, no, but uh, I don't know. I just think I think we need like someone that left hand side so much. No, I get yeah. I mean, we brought in um, McQueen, didn't we? Yeah, that's true. Um, so, I mean, I doubt we'll, we'll see him, but it'll probably be another Connor Roberts. But um, yeah, true. he's a he's an option. If George Friend gets injured, mm. the thing is, like when we saw McQueen, I was like, I thought to myself, like, well, it, to be fair, he's been, he's like, he's tipped as like a very, very good like wing back. Like he actually is tipped very well, highly rated from Southampton. Um, but every single person who's came in and tried to beat George Friend hasn't. So like he deserves credit on that. But this is the right, this is the right time for someone to come in and try and like dethrone George a little bit. How many players have tried to dislodge George? Anyway, uh, husband did. Husband was there for how how many years? Three years, and he had like maybe two cup appearances. And he's at Fleetwood now in League One, so hmm. that kind of went a little bit downhill. Fleetwood um, are flying at the minute, but anyway, are they? They, yeah, flying absolutely flying under Joy, under Joy Barton of all people as well. Joy Barton, bloody hell! I know. But yeah, <laughs> James' husband, um, Fabio. Yeah. There's probably been a few lawnies that have been wiped from my memory because they've played like zero minutes in total but there's been quite a few that just haven't managed to but I do agree with you I think George Friend's last proper good season was the playoff season Yeah. in the promotion season he started slowly and picked up like post January but yeah he's, he, I don't think he's had a, a good full season since 2014-15 yeah I mean like We'll probably get a lot of George Friend lovers like coming calling for us at the minute, but uh, yeah, I agree. I think like it's time to like it's it's the same with Ledbetter as well. Like I loved Ledbetter and he was great, and he just like now that like, he's like gone, he's just like it's like an old dog, like <laughs> kind of like put yeah. out of his misery a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you know, like we've got players coming in like 
we're creating a we've created a pretty much a brand new spine and we're still in transition but I think we're, in, we're definitely in the right path and I think if we can get promoted this year then absolutely terrific but oh and there's one name he didn't mention and he was signed by Gordon Strachan um, he was signed as a forward but Mowbray put him left back do you know what it is oh Jesus uh... <laughs> he now plays for Rangers it's Andy Halliday oh Andy Halliday Andy yeah Hall- it just popped in my head and I was like oh fucking hell like yeah that seems to be a Borough thing though because I remember when we signed Nicky Bailey from Charlton he was an attacking midfielder and then we turned him into a makeshift centre back so <laughs> I don't know maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a Mowbray thing I don't know Nicky Bailey used to be out in Middlesbrough like every week like <laughs> the worst thing was he'd like like He's been crowd nine like every week, and after like <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ, like wow. him and Scotty McDonald, and I was like Jesus Christ, like that that was a time, wasn't it? That's like a banter era. That's an absolute Marvin banter. Emnes, Kai Kamara, Just Carriol. both play together now. Uh, Kai Kamara, oh. Marvin Emnes. Um, I completely forgot that the, Marvin Emnes still played football. To be I honest, know. yeah, he's <laughs> signed for Vancouver of all players to go to. Uh, all places um, sign goes to Canada and plays football now, but in the MLS. Um, but Jesus Christ, like we like when I think of that team, like looking back, I honestly don't know how Tony Mowbray did it. I actually don't know. Like, I appreciate we didn't go up, but like I don't know how we got us to like seventh, like yeah, one year no. with like the team that we had, like Marwan Zamama, Curtis Main, Kevin Thompson, Seb Hines, um, uh. McManus. <laughs> I remember like I remember the game where we went to Sheffield United and it was away from home and uh, Marvin it was Matty Bates that scored the first one and then uh, yeah Matty Bates something about the gaffer now um, but Matty Bates scored they equalised because we were still like we could have like got relegated that season there was like not a chance we could have actually went down mm. it was kind of like the game to like kind of like secure that we weren't going to go down a little bit um. And then Marvin Emnes, like who shouldn't have been on the pitch at all, like popped up and scored one two on. That oh, one. was that when he like kind of hit out at somebody? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was practically assault, and he just like, kind of like got away with it. Oh, it was fantastic! Was, like that's like one of the best away days I've been to. Like just for like atmosphere, um, like yeah, appreciate it was on like Sheffield, like United away, but it was so much fun. It was like so much. It was so much fun. Um, but yeah, that, that was like that was yeah, like especially we were like gonna get relegated. Then he fin- managed to finish. We managed to finish like twelfth. I, I don't know how we did it. Like I don't know. We did, we must have. I think we won like nine, eight, like, eight games out of ten or something. And, like finished twelfth, and then uh, it was like six points close to like the playoffs or something. And then um, next year we finished seventh, and then we like he got sacked like the year after, and then currently came in, but. Still though, like I don't know how we did it. I actually don't know how we did it. I always say like if Mowbray had Karanka's budget, yeah, we would have done it. No, it was he was good Mowbray for for what he did. It's just such a shame that he, he left the way he did because I still remember it still haunts me that Barnsley game. Oh my god, I was there. When yeah. they all walked past and they just the booze, it was awful. I know. Like the worst thing was like everyone knew like he was gonna go as well. Like yeah. everyone knew, and there was like people. I remember being there, and then like um, everyone was like booing, and then like 
when he stopped, we all booed, and then like we stopped, like everyone just stopped and like looked at each other and were just like, oh fuck, like he's a legend, like we can't, we can't, we, we actually can't do this. So like everyone ended up clapping him at the end to come on. That was, yeah, that was one of the weirdest Weird. away games I've ever been to because Weird. first and foremost, Paddy McCourt literally weaved his way Paddy through McCart. our entire defence to score, <laughs> and then the crowd was completely split because I think I'm pretty sure a red faction were there. Red Faction were getting behind Tony Mowbray, singing his name, and then in response, all the kind of, well not all of them, but <clears throat> a lot of other Borough fans around them were booing them for chanting his name, and then in, then they went and booed him himself, Mowbray, so it was it was such a split away end, and yeah, that's probably one of the weirdest away games I've ever been to. Yeah, the thing is though... Um, like I know we start we start the whole podcast and saying, oh, can we can this last? Can we go go up and stuff like that? And um, will we lose games? Like the thing is with Pulis is that like as soon as things start to go a little bit south, I think the fans are just gonna turn like quickly. Um, yeah, no, I can see that happening as well. Like people like he was hard. People are, like have been hard to please with Pulis, and I don't get it. Like he's. He's established. He's actually played all right football. Like he stopped the sinking ship. Like he got us in the playoffs last season. Like and people still aren't happy with him. So like it's going to be quite sour. I think if results don't go our way, like they will. Like in the in the championship, like it won't all be perfect this season. But I think as soon as it like turns a little bit, I think he's going to be in trouble a little bit with the fans. Yeah, I think it's it's largely down to this tag that he's got over mm. his head of being a negative manager, playing negative football and it's constantly long ball, long ball long ball, I think some fans can't break away from that so what they're seeing isn't always long ball, it's not always negative yeah it can be sometimes, it's like safe football, safety first, whatever but I don't, I think some fans can't really ignore that, like they'll always kind of have that with them in regards to Tony Pulis so mm-hmm. I agree, I think if things do kind of turn against us in terms of results, then people will start to turn against Pulis. Yeah, fair. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's just like, it'd be a shame, really. But who, it depends who we ever get in. You know, like, uh, maybe more Brock Rankin might be available um, if we ever sat in the I'm joking, I'm joking. I won't I even know who, I won't even know who to bring in if Pulis went. That's the, that's the worrying thing about it. Maybe no, I, I wouldn't. Allardyce, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Well, to be fair, that'd be like the manager round that, won't it? Like Allardyce or Pardew, and I wouldn't have either of them. Yeah, no, neither. What do you think the score prediction is going to be against Norwich? Oh, I'm going to go 1 0 Borough, and I think John Hugo will score. Jordy Hugo. I know the boy from the Dickens all the way to the. Uh, That's first... crazy! I love that story. I do, I really do. Like the thing is, like with Bora, like if you're a Bora lad, like you instantly get, you're instantly loved by everyone. It doesn't matter how shit you play, or like you'll give something away. Like someone be like, ah, oh, but he's a Bora lad. Doesn't matter. Like I remember, like when Dale Fry gave the ball away, like last season, he didn't play like again under like Monk, but it was the one mistake he made. Like, no one really said anything. Everyone was just like, oh, well, he's a young lad, it doesn't matter. And then, like, he was banished. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, I remember that. It was, I can't remember who it was against. It was 
wasn't it near the no, it was near the touchline, wasn't it? And he kind of, I think he went to shepherd it out. It was and an, he, somebody just nicked the ball off him, and then he, they scored from it. I think that it was, was a, one of the It was an Norwich game, wasn't it? It was, it was an Norwich game. Yeah, it was yeah, an Norwich game. Was. How, how, yeah. how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ties in very well. I know. Right, so let's round this up. Um, then I'm sure everyone knows where they can find your everything MFC. Um, as always... Yeah. Um, like, share, retweet this podcast, subscribe, do all like the, the stuff that people say we need to do. Um, so this is the board breakdown. We hope you've enjoyed it. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Avanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Avanelli spots out. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.